Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Well, good morning, South Valley. Hey, whether you're joining us in this room or if you're joining us from the comfort of your home or maybe you're out and about this weekend watching us live, we're going to invite you to worship with us. It's an important part of what we do. We love it. So uh, if you'd stand and join with us, that would be great. All your promises will let go of me.
Well, good morning, South Valley. It is good to be a part of this this morning, and I, I am so glad, and we are so glad that you have chosen to join us. Again, whether you're here with us in this room, whether you're online, uh, from the comfort of your home, relaxing, maybe you're traveling this weekend, watching online, we are so glad that you have chosen to be a part of this. And uh, we invite you to keep worshiping with us, because that's what we're going to do. Yes.
It is so good to be in a room Amen. with people just lifting it up, lifting up our thanks to our Heavenly Father. Right? Amen? Amen. Yes. He gets us through our weeks, gets us through our days, love, grace, and mercy. None of it, none of it that we deserve, right? Amen. But he gives it, and he gives it freely. He gives it relentlessly. And I pray that we are all so thankful for that. Amen? Yes. All right, join with us. Darkness tries to roll over my bones And sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken Cause my feet doesn't stand a chance when I Chance when I stand in your love, my fear 
Father, Lord, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for each and every one in this room. Lord, I thank you for each and every one maybe tuning in online. Father, I thank you for that love, that grace, that mercy, the, the, the gift that you give us each day, Lord. Lord, you woke us up and you gave us the strength to worship and praise with you, Lord. I pray that this morning, Lord, will bring you honor. Lord, I pray that this morning is pleasing to you and everything that happens in here is for your glory. Lord, I pray that as we get through our weekend, a long weekend, I pray that each one of us remembers what this weekend, what tomorrow, Memorial Day represents, Lord. That there are some brothers and sisters, there are some fathers, some mothers, uncles, just family members and friends, Lord, who absolutely gave all for the freedom that we have to come together like this on a Sunday morning or any time of any day, the freedom we have to worship and give thanks and praise to you. Lord, I pray that that is never, never forgotten. And although we label it with one day, Lord, I pray that we can find in ourselves the memory each and every day. And be thankful. Be thankful for you. Thankful for the people who, who have given all for us, Lord. Lord, we love you. We thank you for everything you do. And it's in your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, Today we remember those men and women who have died in service to our country. We pause to reflect on the lives sacrificed while protecting our freedoms. We confess that most days we are oblivious to the price paid by men and women in uniform and yet we live every day in the freedom they laid down their lives to give us. 
So today, we recall the words of Jesus when he said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And let us not forget that each life lost represents other lives that are left to pick up the pieces. We lift up widows and widowers, brothers and sisters, parents and children of the service men and women who fought valiantly for our country. We ask for your peace and comfort to never leave them. God, we thank you for the lives of these men and women. May their memory and their service never be forgotten. Amen. Amen, indeed. Yes, indeed. We understand as a military community, uh, maybe just a little bit closer uh, than most just because of the context that we're in, uh, just what exactly that entails. And we as, as a church family, we just want to um, offer a time. We have prayer that's uh, Pastor Frank's going to pray uh, here in just a little bit, um, just in conjunction with what this day means. And um, and also, just as a, as a church, we understand that there is grief that is associated with that for some of us um, who have maybe lost someone in service, whether it's a friend or a relative or a spouse. Um, and in addition to prayer, we, we have on Friday nights, y'all, Celebrate Recovery is an excellent ministry that is designed to, yeah, we got, I mean, it's just, it's amazing, y'all. That ministry is amazing um, for a number of reasons. And a lot of folks tend to attribute, you know, recovery ministry uh, as something just solely having to do with things such as substance abuse. But there are a whole bunch of other things uh, that are involved with, with life. Uh, a lot of hurts, habits, and hangups, and they manifest them, themselves in ways, um, in other ways, not just in, in substances and such. So um, grief is one of those things. And so if, if that is something that you or someone that you know um, is, is battling through, I mean, it could mean something like a holiday like this can really um, bring those things to the forefront a little bit more. Come, come to Celebrate Recovery. Friday nights, they do an excellent job of just keeping things, it's a Christ-centered ministry. Uh, to help sustain people, bring you in a community. Um, we'd love for you to come check it out uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. So come holler right over there at the chapel. Love to have you. Um, if you are here at South Valley um, or if you're online checking out South Valley for the first time, we would love uh, to connect with you. Come visit us at the connection counter. Uh, say hello. Uh, we have the Church Center app that you can uh, download and fill out an online connect card. You can go to the address that's on your screen. Um, you can fill out the card underneath your seat and drop it off at the donation station. We just want to be able to be a resource to you and get to know you and connect with you, answer your questions. It'd be a, a great way for us to be able to get to know y'all. Um, also, we've got a couple things happening a week from today um, that we want to make sure that you're aware of. First thing is uh, it is a Promotion Sunday this upcoming Sunday, the 6th. And Promotion Sunday is where all of our pre-K through sixth grade students move up a grade officially uh, because all these children, this is growing up, I'm looking at my own baby who's six months old now, I'm like, you were literally born just like yesterday. And so it's just a trip to see these kids grow up. And so we uh, are making that transition. Um, we are in the, I mean, talking of a transition right now, we're in a transition with our youth group right now. And so we're gonna have some more information available in the coming weeks about youth group 
Um, but those who are entering into the seventh grade can continue in children's ministry on Sunday mornings with SVCC Kids uh, through August 8th. And so um, we'll have more information about youth and what's happening with that as more information becomes available. Um, so that's on the 6th. You'll get some more information from Pastor Ron um, and uh, Ms. Reagan throughout this week to let you know the logistics of all of that. And then also starting on the 6th, we are continuing our live stream. We are so grateful that we can be online um, for um, anyone who's, we have, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm part of the online host team, and so I'm chatting away with those who are online pretty often. And we have people who are online from other states, y'all. We have people from other cities. It's amazing to be able to have that service available. And so if you have not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, or if you're not following us on Facebook, you're going to want to do so. SVCC Lamore, really easy to find. But starting this next week, we are going to be live streaming just one of the two services. So the 9 a.m. service, not the 1045. So just the 9 a.m. service uh, is going to be live streamed beginning on Sunday. And so if you get asked, I mean, obviously, y'all up in here, you ain't streaming at the same time. If you are, you're an excellent multitasker. Um, but um, if anyone asks you, um, you just let them know that we are streaming the 9 a.m. service. But the in-person services, we are still having both, right? So the 9 a.m. and the 1045, it's just the live stream uh, that is changing just to 9 a.m. service. So just want to make sure uh, that y'all are aware of that. And that's going to happen through the summer months. We're just going to consolidate a little bit, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Also, um, we're a church that gives, y'all. We, we believe that the Lord... Um, has called us to be a generous people. That's just um, a, another way for us to express our worship to the Lord. So we're going to put the options on the screen for you to be able to give. And, and just know that as we give, uh, it's uh, a way for us to live our mission, which is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so you can give here uh, in the building on, the, uh, on your way out, the donation stations. You can give through the Church Center app. Uh, our announcements are also on the Church Center app. There's so many different things that um, are available. And so we thank you in advance for that. And we pray that this time that you have in, uh, in the morning as you grow in your relationship with God is one that blesses you. Um, right now, we're going to have uh, Pastor Frank come up right now. He's going to pray over um, uh, our morning, pray over uh, the, the holiday in particular. Then he's going to deliver a message to us this morning. So thank you so much for being here. And we're looking forward to a wonderful morning with you. Thank you, Marcus. I'm going to ask if you would to just, just stand with me in reverence to God. And let's just have a special moment of prayer of thanksgiving for the men and women who have paid the ultimate price for the freedom that we have right now. Our gracious God, we do thank you for the countless men and women who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for the freedom that we enjoy. And Lord, we recognize that, Father, it's men and women whose courage to stand against the rise of evil is what makes it possible even for us to continue to have the freedom to come and worship you openly. We know our nation today, Lord, is in desperate need of healing. And we know your word says that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then you would hear from heaven, you would forgive their sin and you would heal their land. We are your people, and Father, we need revival like never before. Lord, the sacrifices made for our freedom was such a price. I pray that we don't take that for granted, 
but that, Lord, with the freedom we still enjoy, we proclaim the name of Jesus Christ faithfully every opportunity we get. Thank you, Lord, for the service men and women. I pray, Father, for the families who still grieve the loss of their loved one. I pray that your peace, that your comfort would envelop their hearts. Lord, your word says that you're the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our trials, that we might be able to comfort those who are in a trial. So, Father, perhaps there are some here that know of a family that has lost a loved one in their service to their country. May we be an encouragement to them and a prayer support to them. Strengthen us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today I want you to find your way to the book of Psalm, chapter 40. We're going to spend a little bit of time there, but I kind of want to, to set the table for what we're going to be talking about by first visiting a, a psalm uh, that I think will connect, at least in terms of, of its, uh, its importance. In uh, Psalm 137, uh, it, it's speaking of a time of, of exile for the southern nation of Judah. In 586 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, plundered Jerusalem and took Judah and Benjamin, the two southern tribes of Israel, captive, hauled them off to Babylon, only leaving the excessively poor people, knowing that they could never cause a threat and raise up an army. He pretty much emptied the land. In Psalm 37, verse 1 says, It was by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yeah, we wept when we remembered Zion. That's a, that's a spiritual name for Jerusalem. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there, those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And then this very important question, How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? When we're facing the most difficult times of our life, can we really in fact sing? But if you think about it, folks, you and I today who follow Jesus Christ, we live day in and day out on foreign soil. We live every day behind enemy lines. And I think it's easy to make a case for that. Jesus in John 12, 31 referred to Satan as the ruler of this world. And in John 18, Jesus said, my kingdom though is not of this world and he had already said in John 15 about those who follow him that you and I are not of this world. Paul echoes the same thought when he says this in Philippians 3.20 that our citizenship is in heaven. So we could make a real strong case that the moment you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is a transfer 
not only of ownership, but of destination. Would you agree with that? You were on the highway to hell, but when you trusted Jesus, you got on the stairway to heaven. That's the best I can say it. Now, having, having said that, I want you to find in your Bible Psalm chapter 40. Psalm chapter 40. It's a psalm of David, and David is, has been enduring a very difficult time in his life, a time that he describes as being in a pit. How many of you have ever felt like you're in a pit? And the reason, I think the reason that he's in this pit is stated down in verse 12. I just want you to see this because it'll give us a context for what we're going to study. Look at verse 12. For innumerable evils have surrounded me. Now that's just a general term. David is saying, I look around at my world and it seems to be falling apart. There's evil all around. There's corruption in the government. There's corruption in the temple. There's crime. And everything just seems to be evil around me. And he says, the evils are innumerable, just like our day. You just can't hardly turn around with seeing some display of something wrong, some new mass killing, somebody's done something. It's, it's just all around us. And if you focus on that, it's, it's going to bring you down a little bit. Of course it will, right? But that pales in comparison with the other thing that I think put him in a pit. Because look at the rest of verse 12. Not only are there innumerable evils surrounding me, he says, my iniquities have overtaken me so that I'm not even able to look up. I, I look at my own life, God, and I can't even look up to heaven. I'm ashamed of the things I do and the things that I've done. And he says, they're more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. So yeah, you know, Lord, I look around and it's just so bad. And then I look within and I'm no better. And then if it weren't bad enough... He goes on into verse 14 talking about those who, who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor, those who wish me evil. Let them be confounded because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. So David says, on, on one hand, it's the evil that's around me, and then I look at the evil within me, and then if that's not bad enough, I've got people who watch me who wish for evil on my life. They'd love to destroy me, and they see me struggling to live for you, God. And they go, aha, see, hypocrite, you know. That's essentially what he's saying. They look at me and they just write me off. And it, you, you get into that, into that pit. Because it seems like just everything bombards you. Now, what brought David in the midst of this hardship to a place of rejoicing and praise? Because at the end of that into this, in verse 16, he just comes with this and he says, you know what, let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. When I look at everything that's fallen apart in our world, God, I'm going to rejoice in my salvation and let you be magnified. You know what David's doing? He's getting his focus back where it needs to be, isn't he? Now go back up to verse 1. David said this, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and he heard my cry. And he also brought me up out of a horrible pit, 
out of the miry clay and he set my feet on a rock and he established my steps. He's put a song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and trust in the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Generally speaking, do you usually have a song in your heart? Is there a song in your heart right now? You say, well, I did until I had to get the kids up, fed, dressed, and herded into the car. <laughs> that kind of shot that whole song thing down. <laughs> Let me just give you the premise of this message. As believers, we have a song to sing, right? There's a reason that we sing. Now, this does, listen, this doesn't mean that... that we're going to sound like one of these very talented singers that sing up here. And, uh, you know, they, very few people can, can sing the way some of these folks up here sing. Now, obviously, my daughter, Crystal, she gets her singing voice from her dad. <laughs> that wasn't meant to evoke laughter. I, you know, I, I get it, folks. If you're like me, you can carry a tune. It's the unloading it that's the issue, right? <laughs> we can all sing. Listen, we can't all sing, but we are still to have a song. We're to have a song. There are two kinds of songs. It says, he says in verse 3, he's put a, a song in my mouth, praise to our God. But then there's a song that you see. Many will see it. You'd think it would say many will hear it. Some people are so blessed because you don't sing. I'm just kidding. But they need to see your song. There's a song that you, that you sing and, and there's a song that you see. Many will see it in fear and listen, they'll trust in the Lord. Thank God for the song that you can see even if you can't sing. Ephesians 5.19 tells us this, that we're to be singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. Listen, all of God's people can have that melody in their hearts. All of us should be a two-legged song in a major key, right? When people see our lives, if they can't hear your song, they need to at least be able to see it. That there's something different about you about the way you look at the world, about the way you respond to the, the ridiculous things that are happening. When you're at work or you're at school, when you're in the market, make sure you watch what you say so that it's not reflective of the negative, down culture that we live in. You have a song to sing. What is our reason for a life of singing? Number one, we have a reason to sing because we have salvation in Christ, right? We have a reason to sing because we are experiencing deliverance. Look at verse 2. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. Now, there is nothing in the Bible that tells us ever that David was literally in a pit. In those days... Uh, sometimes what they would do is they would dig this hole in the ground. They would kind of make a, uh, an outdoor prison of it. They would dig a deep hole and they would fill it with some slime. You ever, ever walk through some of the mud that gets up around your, your, above your ankles? And you, it, it, you kind of get your feet out of it, right? 
There's just no way you're going to climb up out of this slimy, slippery pit. And then they would put something over the top. But the only way to get out of that pit is if somebody reached down with something and pulled you out. Now, we don't, David was, as far as we know, David was never literally in one of those pits. So he is speaking, I believe, in, in a metaphor. My life was in a pit. I look at the world around me, it was evil. I look at myself and the iniquities that I have are more than my hair on my head. And they've just gone over me. They make it where I can't even look up, Lord. I just, I'm ashamed of myself. It's hard to pray because of my sin. And if that's not bad enough, the people who know me look at me and go, you're a lost cause. That was the pit that he was in. And the fact of the matter is, folks, all of us are going to have unexpected pit stops, Right? Life is like a bowl of cherries, right? Full of pits. Three people got that. It's only a 50-year-old joke. At least you laughed at the thing with the daughter. Oh, you guys are helpless. <laughs> Even after we're saved, sometimes we find ourselves slipping into a, into a pit. Like David, innumerable evils surrounding me, his personal struggles, my iniquities have overtaken me, and then those who opposed and mocked his faith, they seek to destroy me, they wish evil on me, they, they just mock me. Folks, here's the truth. Our Lord doesn't just deliver us from our sins, but throughout our lives, he continues to relentlessly deliver us from those things that lead us astray. He didn't just deliver you once and, and, and just call it. Now I've got, them on, I've got them out of hell. I'm going to leave them to their, to their own devices. No. What does he do? He leads us. We, we, listen, not only does the blood of Jesus Christ, let me put it another way, not only does the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse us, it keeps on what? Cleansing us. Those of us who have known the deliverance and those of us who continue to experience that deliverance, that gives us every reason to sing, right? I can't understand how anybody could, could know that his or her sins had been forgiven to see that where they were and to know where they were and not want to sing about it and not want to praise the Lord for what he has done in their lives. We have every reason to sing, Right? You know what? Let those who never knew our Lord refuse to sing. But the redeemed of God, by golly, we need to shout. <laughs> we need to sing the praises of Him who has lifted our lives out of the miry clay of sin. So we sing because we have salvation in Jesus. But listen, secondly, not only do we have salvation, but would you notice we have a standing in Jesus? Look at verse 2. He also brought me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay. Here it is. And set my feet upon a rock. And he established my steps. Thank God I am established in Christ. Thank God I have a standing in Christ. Think about it, folks. It's one thing to be brought up. It's another thing to be given a solid place to stand. Jesus not only pulled me and saved me from from my sins he is trying he is working on delivering me from the very presence of sin which he will accomplish someday but he is drawing me making me more and more like him he's placed my feet on a stable place i don't have to flop around i don't have to be moved by the people who mock me or by the general evil of what's going on in the world and when i do blow it when i and i do that sometimes before i ever even get out of bed 
Am I the only one here who's done that? Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm already sinning. It's like I'm not even fully awake yet. I've got to stand up now and God, I've got to start my day like this. He delivers us from that. He gives us a solid place to stand. He and listen, he now gives, he has a plan for my life. It's not an aimless life. I'm aiming at something. I'm running a race with a goal. <laughs> I'm not boxing, as Paul said. I'm not, I'm not shadow boxing, beating the air. There's a purpose for my life, and there's a purpose for your life. Somebody once said this, when everything else is moving, you need a solid place to stand, and Christ is that place. He is that rock. You may tremble on the rock, but the rock will never tremble under you. Isn't that good? Absolutely. There's a cross-reference I want you to jot down. If you're using a paper Bible, write in that Right in that book, if you're using a digital Bible, make you a note. Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24 is a great cross-reference with this passage in Psalm 40. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, yet he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. He said, he pulled me out of the miry clay of my, of my sin. And he sets me on this rock. And when I still go through those times of struggle, when I, when I falter and I fail and I do, he holds me up. I not only have salvation, folks, I have a standing. What a promise we have in Psalm 37. We, can, we have salvation, we have a standing in Christ. And because of those two truths, we have a song in Jesus, right? We have salvation in Jesus. We have, listen, we have a standing in Jesus, and we have a song in Jesus. It's no wonder. It's no wonder our hearts can be filled with joy and praise no matter what life throws our, throws our way. It does not have to bring you down into the pits of despair, right? We have salvation in Christ. We have a standing in Christ, and because of that, we have singing in Christ. That's the reason we sing. Look at verse 3. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Cross-reference that with Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. There's a great old hymn some of you will, will recognize the words. The title of the hymn is called, He Keeps Me Singing. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it to you because you hurt my feelings earlier. <laughs> There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low, fear not. I am with you. Peace be still in all of life's ebbs and flow. All my life was wrecked by sin and strife. Discord filled my heart with pain. But Jesus swept across the broken strings and stirred the slumbering chords again. Though sometimes he leads me through waters deep, trials fall across my way. Though sometimes the path seems rough and steep, see his footprints all the way. Sound familiar? And then the refrain goes like this. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. 
keeps me singing as I go. I sang to you. Deal with it. <laughs> what is so wonderful about praise, even when we're in the pit? What are the benefits of it? First of all, write this down. It, it reverences the Lord. It gives reverence to the Lord. It is praise that gives Him glory. Psalm 145, 10, all of, the all of your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your, listen to this, and your saints shall bless you. How many times have you prayed, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me? Wouldn't you like to bless the Lord? Amen? Yeah, bless the Lord. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Is it possible that a mortal man can give Almighty God a blessing? Yes. Yes, you can bless the Lord. You can be a blessing to the Lord. You can give reverence to the dear Savior who saved you. Matter of fact, I would, I would argue this with anybody. I believe that the highest occupation of men and angels is to give praise to the Lord. We are saved that we might glorify Him, that we might praise His, praise His name. I, I've been lifted out of the miry pit, put upon a solid rock, New song is in my mouth. And what is the theme of that song? Praise to God, right? Paul, listen, Paul said this in, in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul talks about our standing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love having predestined us to adoption by, as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. Look at this. To the praise of the glory of His grace. We have this standing, and this standing we have in Christ is to give praise and glory for the grace of God. But he goes on to talk about then our salvation. In Him, that is in Christ, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace that we who first trusted in Christ, listen to this, should be to the praise of His glory. Second time he mentions that. In Him you also trusted, verse 13, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Here it is for the third time, to the praise of His glory. What Paul is saying is you have a standing in Christ and your standing is to be to the praise of the glory of His grace. You have salvation in Christ and it is to be to the praise of the glory of His grace. And you have security. You've been sealed by the Spirit and it is to be to the praise of His glory. Everything about you and I should be aimed at giving God praise and glory and honor and dominion and power both now and forever. And the angels sing that. And we're going to be praising Him forever. So praise gives reverence to God. Can I give you a second one? I believe that praise also helps us to resist Satan. James 4, 7 tells us, resist the devil and he will flee from us, right? 
Now, let me, let me ask you a question. How do you resist the devil? Do you fold your arms and give him one of those TV poses? You know, give him one of what, forgive me, give, give him a go to hell look? What is that? Anybody ever heard that phrase before? I went to high school with a girl, and I bet I heard her say it half a hundred times. It was Somebody was either giving her a go-to-hell look, or she was giving somebody a go-to-hell look, and I have no idea what that was. I even asked her, what does that look look like? I think she hit me. I, I, I can't remember. I've been studying the Bible for, I don't know, 35, 40 years. And I finally thought of, I know what that look is. There's only, there's only one look in the Bible that is associated with hell. It's a, it's, and it's, Jesus put it this way, if there's weeping and there's gnashing of teeth, there's pain. So you want to give somebody a go to hell look at, from the Bible, it looks like this. That was all free. Aren't you guys just blessed to learn this kind of stuff? No, James gives us a clue on how to deal with Satan, how to resist Satan. Because he starts off before he says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. He, right before that he says this, submit yourselves therefore to God. And in the very next verse he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. As followers of Christ, folks, we have an enemy. He is very real and he hates any and everything connected with the God of all creation. But one thing at the top of his I hate list is when God's people begin to offer praise and worship to God. You know why he hates that? Because that was the most desired thing of his angelic heart before he fell. He said in his heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the, the most high. Five eye wills. That's what he desires. Satan's greatest desire was to be worshipped the way God alone is worshipped. That's, listen, that's why Satan and his host of fallen angels are repulsed by our praise. Think about this, folks. The reason Satan hates it when you sing and praise God is not because you might sound like an alley cat in heat. That may be the case. But he hates it, listen, because it invites the nearness, the presence of the one you're praising. You see, Psalm 22, verse 3 says this, The Lord inhabits... He dwells in. He takes up residence in the praises of His people. Folks, praise is God's address. He, God lives in the praises of His people. That's the reason when we praise the Lord, there's an absence of the devil. The devil cannot stand the praises of God's people. I love what one man writes, quote, when people, when people praise the Lord, the devil can't stand it. He's allergic to praise. He, I'd love this. He just has to saturate that place with his absence, end quote. Praise reverences God, but know this. When you're in the pits and you're feeling down and you begin to praise God, listen, it's resisting Satan. But I think the third thing it does is that it refreshes us. You see, there's a reciprocal thing with this praising thing. It reverences God, 
I believe it diminishes the impact in the satanic realm. But I believe it also refreshes us. Look at verse eight, uh, 3 again. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Here is a saint who's been in the pits, been in the miry clay, been, been redeemed, if you will, been pulled out of that environment, set on a solid rock, and now God has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Here is a saint with a song. And listen, it's a new song. So many of God's people that I talk to have such a spirit of, of heaviness. They feel negative. They feel discouraged. They feel defeated. They just kind of generally feel down. And, and I, I think they, they eventually come down with an acute case of what Charles Swindoll refers to as ingrown eyeball-itis. That's, listen... This is what happens to a person who chronically keeps dwelling on themselves and all of their worries and all of their woes and then feed that with a heaping spoonful of the world's worry and woes. And it's no wonder you're like bad luck schleprock. I just dated myself. Walking around, woe is me. Listen, listen, <laughs> you're already in the pit of despair. And then you turn on the morning news to start your day. What kind of sense does that make? I don't know about you, but I had to, I, I, 2020 just about ended me with the news because everybody was different. Every news, who are you going to believe? Nobody, right? Most of us experienced that during 2020 with the virus. All of the, the, the things they talked about, they, listen, it was inciting such a panic and such a fear. Were you as surprised as me? at the mad rush to the store to get rolls of toilet paper. I think food is in order. You're not going to need the toilet paper if you don't have the food. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, that was funny. I don't care who you are right there. You know what? I, I, I said, we, we joked about it. Teresa. What are, what, they even have a store in Armona that just sells toilet paper. I, I, I guess you're going to try to wipe out the virus. I, I, you guys have no idea that that just encourages me. <laughs> uh, you, you know, all your problems will be behind you. Uh, now I'm on a roll. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop, I promise, I'm going to stop. But, you know, you, <laughs> you're going to forget everything I've said this morning. You're going to remember that. I know you. <laughs> you can remember, I know all of you guys, most of you here can remember the, the Y2K scare. I mean, we, we, we had that for months prior to the changing of the new year. Airplanes are going to fall out of the sky. Everything, all the electrical grid across the nation is going to go out. The computers won't be able to handle going from one century to the next. And I mean, I knew a pastor. Uh, Teresa and I actually stayed with him one night. Uh, we sang at their church. The music pastor up there was a good friend of ours, invited us up there. And they didn't have room in their home. And so his good friend, the pastor of the church, let us stay with them. And he showed me his garage. And I mean, he was a doomsday prepping pastor. He was stocked up on camping gear, lighter fluid, everything you could possibly think of. 
Because when everything goes out, he had his whole congregation stirred up in fear. And you know what happened at midnight, right? Yeah, nothing. We got up the next morning. Lunch, we had black-eyed peas like good Texans do. And then we watched parades and college football all day. And so far as I know, to this very day, we're still okay. Right? I've heard it said 50% of the things you worry about happening never happen. And 50% of the things you, you don't worry about happening actually do happen. That just goes to prove whether the things do happen or don't happen, at least you're doing the right amount of worrying. <laughs> you listen, something takes place in our minds when we begin to focus on the pits, upon all of the evil around us, upon those that don't like our testimony, and when we focus even on our own faults and failures. We, it, can, it can take us down. Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. Paul understood what it was like to be overwhelmed with his sin. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? And then he answers his own question. I thank God through Jesus Christ. That's the answer. When you get focused on all of the toilet paper stuff, it's going to bring you down. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, we, be, we tend to become what we think about most, what we meditate on the most, what we focus on the most. It, it turns us around. We get our eyes on ourselves. We get our eyes on what's going on in the world and how bad things are getting. And it can bring you into a pit. Here was, here's the Apostle Paul's counsel. It's going to be a familiar passage of Scripture. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You know what he's doing? Stop focusing on the things that's causing your, your pit. And get your mind back where it needs to be. And then he gives you some very practical advice. In verse 8, he goes on to say this, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true. Let me ask you this. Is God true? Jesus the way, the what? The truth and the life. That God be found true in every man of liar, Paul said. Yeah, God is, whatever things are true, whatever things are honorable, is God honorable? Whatever things are just, is God just? This is a, I want an answer. Yes, is God just? Yes, yes right? Whatever things are pure, is God pure? Yes. He's holy, right? Yeah. Whatever things are lovely, God lovely? Yes. Whatever things are of good reputation or good report, that's God. If there's any virtue, is God virtuous? And if there's anything praiseworthy, that encompasses it all, right? Meditate on these things. Now listen, point is, get your mind and your heart back on the things of God. Why? What will praise do? It's going to reverence our Savior. He died for us. He delivered us. It Praise helps us to resist Satan. He can't abide where praises reside. 
And praise refreshes us. It gets our minds refocused and back on this awesome God who is alone worthy of praise. Now let me give you one more. The fourth thing that I see in these verses is that praise can reach the lost. Praise can reach the lost. I don't know how many of you saw uh, Pastor Ricky's very short video that went out on email this week where he kind of explained how we, can, how we can evangelize our friends and our neighbors. Make a list, right? And then pray over that list and then ask God for an opportunity to talk to those people on our list about Jesus. Just a brief little message. Very well done. Praise can help reach the lost. Look at verse 3 again. He put this new song in my mouth, praise to our God, and look at this, many will see it and fear. That means reverence God, right? They'll fear, and what will they do, folks? They will trust in the Lord. Listen, the best tool that we have for reaching the lost, other than the preaching of the gospel, is the praise of God's people. Folks, that's the reason we have a whole department dedicated to leading in praise. It's a high-ticket high item at South Valley and most churches. Put a lot of money to make sure that what happens in this, this setting is the best it can be. God has blessed us with a wonderful praise team and worship leader. Pastor John does a wonderful job. Um, give, yeah, give him a hand. He's gone. Don't tell him you did that. He'll get this. <laughs> Just kidding, John. He's probably watching live. Listen, all of you are part of Jesus' church, and you, whether you know it or not, are enrolled in the music ministry of this church. Some of you come in on Sunday morning don't like this song this music's too loud you know what you need to do you need to unfold those arms and unfurl some praise amen if a church is praising the lord god is reverenced satan is resisted the saints are refreshed and some will be led to redemption People will hear it and they'll trust God. There's an attractiveness to praise, isn't there? There's an attractiveness. There's something when we begin to sing at the top of our lungs, to, 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 to do as it says in Psalm 100, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. Is he giving praise to God again? Blesses him. You come to church and you receive a blessing, and that's right. But you can also come to church and be a blessing to the one who blesses you. What a high calling. What a wonderful opportunity. We're to have a reason for our life to sing. And evangelism is part of it. And I think people come in here, listen... People come in here and they're like the rest of us. They, they're the people who don't know Christ will attend the church and they'll come. To, they're, they're looking for something. 
They've tried maybe drugs or alcohol. They've tried relationships. They've tried more money and all the things. And there's still this emptiness. And if they walk in here and they sit next to you and you're just kind of like this, you're not, listen, they're going to say, why should I come here? He's, he's not excited about it. She's not, they're not, nobody's singing. I don't think they get that here, by the way. I, I can hear you singing over the noise of my guitar. And you guys, well, you sound about like me. That's as far as I'm going with that. <laughs> Folks, salvation, salvation is often the result of praise. People hear it. And David says, when people see it, they will fear, they will reverence God, and they will trust in the Lord. There's a, a modern-day hymn. I, I, just, I just saw this this week in my research, and I, I thought, oh, I've never, I never sang it. I went on YouTube and listened to it. I go, man, if these people wanted to hear me sing, I'd sing this to them, but I'm not going to do that. Oh, come on now. I don't know the song, but I love the words. It has to be based on Psalm 40. Let me read you the words and we'll close. I'll let, you go. I'll let you go. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. He placed me upon the strong rock by his side. His steps were established and here I'll abide. No danger of falling while here I remain, but stand by his grace until the crown I gain. He gave me a song, twas a new song of praise. By day and by night, its sweet notes I will raise. My heart's overflowing. I'm happy and free. I'll praise my Redeemer who has rescued me. Isn't that Gruden? That's just praise God. It's no wonder the psalmist said this. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. When you come through those doors, enter into his courts with praise and thanksgiving on your hearts. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. Praise God. Thank you for your patient endurance. May God bless you this week. Father God, thank you for this time in your word. What an encouragement it is to us. May you strengthen us in the inner man, continue to transform our hearts, and may we ever and increasingly more so become a people of praise to our God. We want, Lord, to you to receive reverence. We want to resist any advances of the enemy. We want to see your people refreshed and revived with a new song in their heart. And we want to reach the lost. And this is just another way that we can do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good and godly week. tonight.